capital punishment You can fuck off up in A's tree Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks When you talk that shit about Star Trek It's like you just harpooned a baby Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks And if you prank call people at the Ovo's home That's fine, but you better not tell them Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks Once again, if you believe in capital punishment You can fuck off up the next tree Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks Star Trek sucks, or does it? This is Star Trek sucks. My name's Leo. I like Star Trek. Hi, my name's Jack, and yes, it, do- it does suck. It, do- it doesn't. Okay. Um, Jack, uh, what's good? Um, so I was listening to, this is, this is going to seem bad at first, but I have a point. Um, I was listening to a podcast miniseries called Running From Cops. Okay. Um, about the show Cops. Okay. Um, and it is deeply fucked up, um, <laughs> as you might imagine. Hang on now. A long-running reality show where the police department has complete editorial control over the content. Uh, not good, Well, as this it is, turns out. This is the first I'm hearing of this. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I, they do something on that show that I really like, which is every episode starts with, uh, hey, this is... Uh, like bas- a trigger warning, you know, uh-huh. um, what you hear on a lot of podcasts these days where it's like, hey, this one's going to have some fucked up shit in it. Um, but they do something that most podcasts don't do or radio shows or whatever with that, where they don't say you should sit this one out if it's going to upset you. What they say is thank you for listening. Okay. Where it's like it's not like. If you know you should, if you want to sit it out, you can. But the narrative should be. I, li- I mean, I like that the narrative is you're doing something important by observing this, even if it's hard for you, rather than, hey, just so you know, you're a victim, and thing, and and you should be afraid all the time. And here's another thing that you should be afraid of. You know. I get that. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. I don't know. It, it got it got me the other the other day when I was listening to it. I was like, "Oh, that that that's better. I like that better." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I, I'm saying that as somebody that like doesn't really have any PTSD around being beaten by police officers. So <laughs> I'm kind of talking out of my ass, but I do think that's like a better way of confronting the hard truths in our society. Society is to say, "Look, this is going to be hard. Thank you for trying. If you're going to try, rather than it's going to be hard, so it's okay." Right to not try. Yeah, no, I see the I see the benefit in that. Um, <clears throat> I also I think it's hard to it's hard to criticize that. It's funny that you that you brought that up because I was listening to um, the most recent episode of Behind the Bastards today, um, and they're talking about the satanic panic. And one of the unfortunate realities of the satanic panic is that a lot of the people who put in place the things that led up to things getting really bad. Absolutely had the had their hearts in the right place. Yeah, um, and you know, like the because it was all you know, it's a precursor, and that's basically the way that uh, that behind the bastards frames the, this episode that they just released. Um, that it's you know, basically precursor to QAnon. Yeah, uh, and the you know weird, insane, um, everybody's drinking babies' blood thing, uh, and it goes back to you know the the history of it. Uh, obviously, you know, there's a ton of. Um, Are you just summarizing that episode? No, no, no. no. <laughs> No, my point was just that that uh, 
that it, 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 I got uncomfortable listening to it a couple of times because I'm like, uh, it, like my, my inclination is to like, to argue, to defend, um, you know, the, uh, like the mental health aspect and, right. and, and stuff like that. And, um, the, uh, cause it was a very, like, uh, the, the kind of feminist wave of the, the seventies and eighties, um, definitely, uh, pushed very hard, um, and was a big contributor to the, the systems that eventually were put in place, uh, that, that were involved in it. Um, and, and again, like having all of the right intentions and things going just horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really hard to look at things. And, and so, so my point was that in, in the context of, you know, the, the kind of classic trigger warning, um, that the intention is to acknowledge somebody's potential trauma, ex- acknowledge their, their pain and, and to be like, yeah, it's okay that this might be upsetting for you. Um, but there is a certain degree to which, and I don't want to like make it a blanket statement because I'm not arguing against the concept of trigger warnings or arguing against like letting people acknowledge and deal with their trauma. Um, but yeah, when it becomes this kind of, uh, over babying thing, it can yeah. be, uh, it becomes a license to just sit it out. Yeah. And especially like, cause trauma is a subjective thing that only, you know, how much you're experiencing and, you know, you might have other reasons you want to sit it out, like you're a lazy asshole. <laughs> yeah. And to just give you a license to say, like, oh, I have to sit. Th- I actually have to do this. I have to be an asshole right now. Um, is bad, I would argue. I'll say I have food in my mouth. Mm. You didn't an, say that. I'm an asshole. Um <laughs> No, I'll say that um, was eating turkey on the podcast it's, this it's, week. It's a really hard. I have this. It I'm, smells very good. <laughs> that's why I bought it. Um, it's really hard because, like I said, my my inclination is to respect people's like where they where they're at emotionally. Yeah, of course. And and I am so kind of politically and ideologically opposed to the people who are usually pu- pushing the, oh, these kids with their safe spaces and the, you know, yeah, the of fucking Rush yeah. Limbaugh and Alex Jones and, and everybody, every other asshole on the internet and on the radio. Um, so it's hard to, it's hard to acknowledge that point. Um, no, it, it absolutely is. And it's hard for me to bring it up because I know, like, I know I sound like a fucking right winger and I'm absolutely not. I'm just saying it's a very easily exploitable system by fucking terrible people. Yeah. Yeah, because there are definitely people who uh, will make things about them. And God, it's fucking tough. So I have, uh, I won't even say who it is, but somebody uh, who's a a relative um, who had an unbelievable ability. She's still alive, but she's not, I I don't see her anymore. Um, Had an unbelievable ability to make everything about her. Um, sure. And it usually it manifested in uh, these, I think, genuinely psychosomatic. I think she actually felt uh, ill when she claimed she had food poisoning, but food poisoning to her was accidentally getting any meat molecules mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. in her food. And this is when we lived in New York. And uh, one of the few times we would like all see each other as a family is because we, we all lived in tiny apartments. So it's not like anybody was going over to anybody else's house. So we'd go out to restaurants. She just had this fucking laundry list of places that she had been poisoned and could never go again, right. and it just ma- it just automatically makes every family dining out experience all about her and whether or not she can eat there. Right. Um, and and it absolutely stems from trauma for her. Like she clearly has some deep rooted psychological shit that she hasn't fixed from her own childhood, 
uh, and that sucks because I want to be uh, empathetic to that, but at the same time, it sucks to be around you. Yes. Well, and also, like like you said, everything is about you. Mm-hmm. Everything is about your trauma, your and, thing, whatever. And it like is. your your unwillingness to try to work through it and get past it and get outside of it. And uh, I mean, it's just narcissism is the like mass disease of American culture and it's not a liberal or conservative thing. It's in fucking everybody. Like basically the mainstreams, the mainstream expressions of liberal and conservative are both just different kinds of fucking narcissism. Um, and, and, and toxic individualism. And it's just a different strain. It's just a different expression of those things. Um, depending if you were a, you know, Democrat or Republican. Um, I yeah. Anyway, this kind of I, I hadn't decided whether I was going to tell you this story, but I'm going to now because um, right after this happened, I couldn't decide if it should go as my what's good because it's definitely a bad thing that happened. Yeah, we're oh yeah, we're still in the what's good segment. <laughs> Sorry, I completely fucked it up with mine. I know. I think I still I'm the think one who, mine was good. Yeah, no, we got onto a larger topic yeah, about I'm, things that are not good. Yeah, I derailed that. Yeah. Um, so this is sort of related, but I have to make this is going to be way too long. Um, but that's just what's what? happening now. Well, no, not on this podcast. <laughs> so you're aware that I have very little patience for um, like kind of forced petty niceties. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I hate it. I hate, especially. Um, when it's like in public spaces that we all share, you have the right to go around me or to tell me to get out of the way or to reach in front of me. Like if I'm standing at the grocery store. In fact, I'd prefer you do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would absolutely prefer that. Like if I'm standing at the grocery store in front of the, the milks and somebody comes up to me and does that like simpering, uh, excuse me, can I just get back to, can I just squeeze, squeeze by, just squeeze it, squeeze it, just yeah. got to squeeze it, sneak and sneak and squeeze it, just get the milks and squeeze by, excuse me. I hate that so much. It's probably partly comes from you living in New York for a while where you just can't do that. I oh, I do often but, wonder if I mean, that, I, I never lived in New York and I still fucking hate that yeah, shit. So. I, I wonder if that hardened my opinion on, on, on this subject. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I can't stand is um, the, uh, the, the sarcastic uh, excuse me when you walk by somebody. You know, like they're correcting you for not saying excuse me when you walked by them. Right. So yeah. this happened... Um, at a local hardware store on uh, Saturday. Uh, I'm walking down the aisle and a family is in front of me and I go to move around to the side of them and then the mom steps out and steps in front of me so I pass kind of close to her and we're all, you know, I'm wearing a mask obviously so and I, and, and I, and I don't like this ritual anyway but I kind of mumble excuse me and keep walking past and she does the excuse me and then her husband chimes in and she's like, can you, he's like, can you say excuse me, bro? And I flip my shit. Oh yeah, that would... I, I have not snapped, like legitimately snapped and lost my temper that much to where, like where your fucking brain slithers to the front of your head. Yeah. Like I, I have not snapped and lost my temper like that in such a really long time. And I'm like, I fucking said, excuse me. And he's like, don't shout in front of my kids. And uh, yeah, then we called each other names and then both walked away. So it was, you know, not that big of a deal, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. It was a, it was my immediate feeling was to, I, I like, I, I, Felt proud of myself for actually standing up to somebody yeah, you for should, doing actually. that to me. Yeah, you should. Um, but I also felt horrible about it because having a screaming interaction with another adult in a public place is yeah. always bad. Well, and that I, for me, like anytime I get like righteously angry, my body floods with some kind of like endocrine 
derived chemicals that make me feel very high for 30 seconds. Yeah. And the come down is worse than any drug come down <laughs> I've ever had, honestly. Yeah. yeah, it's rough. It is fucking brutal. Like I would rather have an MDMA hangover than that feeling. Yeah. And it and it is it is a purely chemical feeling for me almost where I'm just like uh, uh. yeah so I I then walked and grabbed what I was grabbing and then as on my way back to the front of the store I walked past the family again and we just ignored each other yeah <clears throat> um but I just wanted to tell that story that's not a good thing my good thing is something that I found in our notes because you wrote something in our show notes and I don't know if you remember writing this and I found it and I found it fucking delightful and whenever we get around to doing bonus content again we're absolutely doing this but you wrote <laughs> I, know what, in, I know what you're talking about. you wrote in all caps <laughs> TOS wolf in the fold Scotty murders a prostitute yeah yeah I found that I was like I sure did <laughs> There's an episode where Scotty murders a prostitute. All right. That's going to be it. Whenever we get around to bonus content again, that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also found one of my own notes from a while ago because we talked about the naked tablecloth guy. Uh, and I just wanted to properly uh, credit him. His name is uh, Ka, uh, Kaz- Hang on, phone alert. Kazuisha uh, Ukeusa. Uh, he's Japanese and he's, uh, yeah, that's. That's his uh, his whole thing is um, now he's he started doing a lot of bottle caps videos, but okay. he does a lot of naked tablecloth videos. So check that guy out. Check him out. Uh, Jack, what happened last week? Oh, it was the Bronze Age uh, Volcanoid yep. uh, episode that still holds up to no scrutiny. The Bobby Hill episode. We're calling it the Bobby Hill episode. <laughs> it's the Bobby Hill episode. Yeah. So there there's a town in Texas called Arlen. Nah, yep, Arlen. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Bailing on that bit. Um, I re- oh, man, now I wish her dad had sold propane and propane accessories. <laughs> that would have been great. In the Bronze Age? <laughs> sure. Okay. I mean, they had atheism. Sure. They could have propane, too. <laughs> uh, the more I, I really I really like the analogy I used of like just a very fucked up game of civilization. Yeah. Where you just have not done the science tree correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that was what that civilization was. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was okay. I thought it was a stupid episode, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I found it more entertaining than, than most of the episodes so far this season. Yeah. Uh, do you want to recommend something else? Um, fuck. I had, what was I going to say? Oh. Um, Probably books. No. I mean, I'm, the last laundry, or the, I don't know if it's the last, the next not Laundry Files book came out. Did you start reading it yet? Yeah, I'm like halfway through. It came out yesterday. I read a book this week. Ooh. Uh, I did Overbooked Podcast. Listeners, you can check it out on the Eavesdrop Next Network. Check out um, Overbooked Podcast. And we read a Chuck Tingle novel uh, called Harriet Porber and the Bad Boy Parasolophus. Mm. Sounds um, great. Yeah, it's a trashy romance novel, but uh, actually the the core of it is uh, basically a letter to J.K. Rowling and J.K. Rowling's fans uh, about not being a uh, piece of shit turf, and yes. about um, for for the fans, uh, it's 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 very meta. Like the the uh, characters talk to the audience directly, um, mm. and uh, he makes the point like very heavy handedly about like you can enjoy something even if the person who created that thing is a piece of shit. It's still okay to like it. Yeah, you which, can. My, that's actually not my problem with people that still really love Harry Potter. My problem with people that still really love Harry Potter is that we are getting close to 40, if not over 40. 
I think you can that still That book love, is for kids. I think you can still Read love another Harry, book. I think you can still love Harry Potter as long as you also love other things. Yeah, okay. The problem, yeah, okay. The problem is- If you understand that that book is for kids and you still love it, fine. You're fi- fine. You're great. Cool. Yeah. And you, stop, have, and you stop, have read other things. Stop comparing Trump to Voldemort. Stop comparing fucking Elizabeth Warren to Hermione Granger. Read another book. Yeah, I'm, yeah. But okay. that being said, like, yeah, the- I was going to say I like things that were written for children. I can't think of anything, but I'm sure I do. I mean, Star Wars, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you love Star Trek, and that's obviously for children. Mm. <laughs> I disagree with both of those things. <laughs> I feel like children would be very bored by a lot of these episodes. Yeah, that's probably true. Maybe like original series, sure, but like this is... It's... But speaking of children, do you want to guess what this episode's about? Children? Yeah. Okay. Oh, also speaking of children, I thought of another thing I wanted to recommend, which was uh, the new podcast called Q Clearance, mm. um, which is Jake Hanrahan, who I'm sure I've talked about on the show before. You may have. I don't think I hit it because I've listened to the first two episodes of that, too. Yeah. I had no idea that Jake Hanrahan's voice was. Yeah, <laughs> I I really enjoy his like, voice. So imagine imagine like the kind of British accent that you would imagine like a very rich man having. And then imagine the exact opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. It's he has this gravelly, um, like uh, I don't know. He sounds like a, a I don't know a bartender. Or something. He's just yeah. This this deep. He uh, sounds like someone that gets in bar fights for a living somehow. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like if Amos from uh, yes from from, from the uh, from the Expanse was British was yeah like Northern English instead of from Baltimore yeah, yeah. that's that's a, absolutely what he would sound yeah. like yeah um, but I, re- I mean I really I mean I've, I've always been a huge fan of Popular Front his work on that is really good um, it's cool to see him doing something on the iHeartRadio network because it means he's probably getting paid decently and he's a great fucking investigative reporter so hopefully he actually finds some stuff that people haven't found yet. Well, I thought I, the the one thing that I was confused about is I thought that they had a guy that like that everybody thinks is Q now. So he's this just so god awful, just yeah, melting warlock of a person. Ace Watkins, Skip. Skip what? I can't remember who the dad and the son is, but one of them, one of the Watkins, uh, Parafi. Um, there's a pretty strong case that like he might not be writing the Q drops, but he is in charge of what gets released. Um, there's a very excellent episode of reply all about that. Um, from like, I think it's like probably the second or third episode in their feed and everyone should listen to that right now. Um, because it's a, it's a great episode. It's good investigation. Everyone should listen to reply all, all the time. Listen to every episode of reply. All. It's a good show. It's a very good show. I've only listened to a couple episodes, but it's a good um, show. But yeah, that they lay out a pretty convincing case that, that's who is controlling the actual Q drops now. But the thing, the thing is metastasized to the point where I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter who's doing the Q drops anymore. There's so much, there's so much lower now and so much of a community and it's so stupid and so American. Yeah. The Q and somehow it's, it just so many people now. The the Q drops could stop tomorrow and it wouldn't stop. Well, they this, stopped. They stopped movement. for months when fucking what's his face took down eight chan. Yeah, and it didn't matter. It's bigger now than it ever was. I don't. 
Yeah, because I mean, it, it, it arises. I mean, we talked about like cults arising out of chaotic conditions on the last episode. There you go. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, when something that when when something this deeply paranoid um, get like it's so big, I don't know how you stop something like this because I don't know either. If you take out like the more people that you stop and silence and get them to denounce or whatever, like the degree of paranoia right. and insanity and, uh, and conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think early Christianity would have served. I, I think that all the martyrs and, and everything from early Christianity fucking definitely propelled it. Oh into yeah, the, yeah. Into the monster it became like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do at this point. It's terrifying. Buy guns. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, let's and try watch. to just engage with the people around you with kindness and and reasonability and. Yeah, that's I think the most important thing. Don't scream at strangers at Home Depot. Um, well, unless they have it coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's watch the bonding. Wait, is it? Okay, this and I, I I'm gonna feel gross about this one. I I remembered from last week's episode. What what did you say? Because I, I said it was a sex thing. Oh yeah, and then yeah, now yeah. you just said it was a kid thing, and yeah. I just I don't feel good now. Yeah, you you should feel bad about what you said. Here we go. You're listening to Star Trek Sucks, the only Star Trek podcast. Now here are your hosts, Jack Gunn and Leo Cardoza. Man, that episode was so short. Mm. It was so short, and I, you know, I'm glad that all they did was it talk t- about the emotions that everybody was going through, it, and didn't. It blew by in a breeze. They didn't uh, introduce some stupid energy alien that would fuck up what was starting to seem real, like. Real quick, I have an idea for a screenplay that I want to work with you on, where we, um, like, you know how like a lot of great fiction um, tackles the subject of death and grieving. What if we did that, but didn't have any insight or or uh, novel observation or or any profundity at all? Well, but if you did, but but it was also really fucking boring. But but if you if you did it like that, you'd have to just sh- shoehorn something real dumb into the middle. To yeah. take up uh, a bunch of time, which they obviously didn't do here, because obviously, uh, as I said, that would be bad. No stupid, terrible, pointless energy alien. God, um, this it, episode fucking sucked, dude. I was so Jesus excited Christ. about it at the it beginning. It could have been good. It started off really good. It did actually. It actually did start off good. Like there's, I I was writing down so many good jobs for the writers because they were actually referencing things that are canonical. Yeah, like hey. Wes, this would be affecting to Wes no, because you know, Wes you know has a relevant experience. This would be affecting to Worf because Worf has relevant experience. You know what this started off as is this is this is the first like let's say the first act of this is how they should have treated it when Tasha died. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then they not only shit the bed. <laughs> so let's talk about what happened. Okay. Um, because uh, it was really funny when the fucking the energy alien showed up, and I you just audibly sighed. <laughs> and yeah, I, and I kind of did too because it was honestly it was like I was 
I was very excited it about could where have just this was been going. Like, I, I really didn't remember this episode very well. Yeah, um, the scoring was really good. That like it could have just been like a weird, like kind of out of place episode where like they actually address that like, yeah, there are families on here and we do dangerous work, which means sometimes somebody's parent dies. And that is a problem that we have to address sometimes, and it fucking sucks, and we're not good at it, and we never will because there's no way to be good at it. And it could have just been 48 minutes of that. Yeah. And that would have been, and it started, and it, it started out, and I was like, shit, are they actually going to do 48 minutes of that? That's fucking great. That's, this will be the best episode since the fucking, uh, is data a guy episode. Yeah. And then instead, instead, Okay, so first of all, so the opening God. sequence before the uh, b- before the credits, uh, really good, like really fast paced. It was it was extremely short. Uh, it's just hey, we're around this planet, we're doing some archaeology. There's an explosion and somebody dies. Just quick and to the point, and and yeah, it went really well, really well. Um, I mean, not well for Lieutenant Astor, but um, right, but but who, it starts out like landmine. It starts out like a normal episode would start out, except for somebody actually dies. Uh, the other thing that is uh, established by this episode is that apparently uh, Counselor Troy's psychic powers include precognition. I, I, I scan that as she just felt them being shocked by a bomb just went off. No, but she sensed it before the bomb went off. No, she didn't because, I mean, she said that, hey, uh, she said, beam them up right now and then... Literally one second later, Worf gets on and says, we need an emergency beam up. Uh, Something's gone terribly wrong, which it would take you a minute to be like, well, right, we're, fine. <laughs> yeah, no, she she just sensed that a bomb had gone off and that they were responding like a bomb had gone off. Um, so the, the mom dies and Troy has to come and tell the captain that there is now an orphan on the ship. That seems like something the captain should know. Yeah, you could like set up an uh, like a Google alarm. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there's anything I would think the captain would know, especially because of how he feels about children being on this ship, it would be how many children are on the ship, and and if any of them have single parents. Yeah. Yep. You'd think. You would think. Well, but what's like, the captain's like, what's the captain's the very, response? At the very least, like the computer should have like a. a like a database of like, okay, here are the here are the dependent children on the ship. Here is who they are dependent on. If if all of the people that they are dependent on are blown up, <laughs> just go ahead and put a little red flag on the captain's console. Yeah, send him send him an IM. Yeah, yeah. The captain priority should... semi urgent. Yeah. Hey, captain. That's what the computer's voice should sound like. <laughs> instead of the normal, hey, uh, buddy. <laughs> instead of the normal Loxana Troy voice, it's just Jack being like, "Hey, Captain." Hey, man. Um, <laughs> real quick. God, not a big thing, but just. Uh, I feel like you're flashing back to when you were my boss. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the captain's. For one of his first uh, orders is when he, when uh, after the the away team gets back is to send down another away team. Yeah, I re- I noted this too. And he <laughs> sends. He's just like, okay, who else could we not afford to lose? Let's send the chief of engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. What are you doing? Um, but yeah, so we get, I mean, they, they start digging in. It starts seeming like it's going to be a good episode because like I said, you, you're digging into, uh, the, the shared, uh, experience of both Wes and Worf having lost parents under, yeah. uh, somewhat. Yeah. Uh, I also, I also wrote down early on, uh, this is Worf being normal, the episode. <laughs> And then it wasn't, which also really pissed me off. <laughs> well, at one point, I thought he was going to be normal. Uh, I thought we were going to get a wharf being normal when he puts the candle out. Yeah, because he's just—that's when I wrote that down. Yeah, yeah, because he's just in the dark, well, and, then, and then he and, in Klingon robes with a knife and a candle. Yes, and I'm like, he's going to cut himself. He's going to cut some part of himself. Yeah, he's going to do some kind of like imperial Japanese or, weird yeah. thing. Like, but then it's then he just puts the candle out. Well, but then there's a scene later. Where he is talking to Troy, and whoever's doing cinematography is is getting a little art, a little artsy, yeah, a little could, fancy. There's I, some fancy stuff going on here. I can't remember when the last time was we saw that room, but it's clearly like, hey, we haven't used this set for a while. <laughs> let's use the visual metaphor room. <laughs> let's have <laughs> let's have this weird quasi engineering looking room be the place where they have and this ju- deeply personal conversation. Just so we're clear. That's not what the set is called. That's what they call it on the spaceship. It's <laughs> the visual metaphor room. <laughs> but yeah, they, so they shoot They shoot his conversation through the bars on the outside of the room. Because as though he's he, in a glass case of emotion! Yes. It's yeah. almost like that. It yeah. do almost be like that. It do almost be like that. God yeah. damn. Yeah, real... <laughs> real visual subtlety yeah i mean um, but all but also for this show that's actually pretty cinema like some cinematic yeah yeah i mean they took a swing they because usually the camera work in the show is we point the cameras at the actors yeah mostly that yeah we we, put, we get them in focus we put the cameras about five feet off the ground and then point it at the actors and get them in focus that's, and that's Job well done. We usually we usually dust our hands off and go get a sandwich. Use some real bright lighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've got another interesting guest star on this episode. We sure do. Have you seen this kid before? I he looks very familiar. He's creepy. Yes, like the, so much of this episode also hangs on this kid being like somebody you emotionally resonate with, and he he's it's like. It's like trying to get me to mourn for a lizard whose mom has died. Like, I'll say he's not as bad as the kid who played uh, Troy's alien dream rape love baby. Yeah. That cre- that, that kid was, is more creepy. And also his, his creepiness was enhanced by the story, which was yeah. a disaster. Yeah, it was... Let's never talk about that episode again. I'm probably going to bring it up again. Anyway, so that actor's name is Gabriel Damon. Um, oh God! His, <laughs> it's not a good name for that kid. The fir- that's his first and middle name, and his last name is something Italian-y. Um, but uh, his his stage name is his credited name is Gabriel Damon. Um, his name is Angel Demon. His his <laughs> uh, his Wikipedia <laughs> says he's an actor and real estate broker, <laughs> which I love. I think I. And uh, I think I have to find this man and kill him. <laughs> he's uh, he's only a couple years older than me. Um, but uh, the re- the thing that I remember him from, I don't know that this is where you remember him from. Well, so one thing that I found on his credits that I didn't know was him. He was the voice of Li- the voice of Littlefoot in the first Land Before Time film. Okay, uh, but he also was the bad guy in RoboCop Two. 
You remember how there was a... Haven't seen it. There's a child gang leader who's in charge of a massive, like, drug empire, Uh. and he looks exactly like that kid because that movie was filmed, like, a year later. Huh. That kid plays a drug pin, drug kingpin in RoboCop 2. Now, you had it right when you said drug pen. Drug pen. That's what they're called. Actually, the drugs in that movie are in little pens. They're the, they're, oh. uh, the, the, uh, the prop that they use is the little, um, the eyedro- or the, um, the little disposable uh, contact solution things, those little plastic deals that mm. you twist the top yeah, off yeah. of, um, except it's like got a needle in it, and then you stick it in your neck, and you, oh, yeah, that's the stuff. Oh. Yeah. I should watch RoboCop. RoboCop 3 is very funny because that's kind of when uh, – when they when it goes over the top, RoboCop two I think is kind of boring. RoboCop one is is I think classic and it's more wry. RoboCop three is just over the top, like right. RoboCop gets a jetpack and shit. Yeah, I, like I mean, I think Verhoeven is is a uh, one of the premier satirists of his day, but he's doing satire, and this is one of the problems with satire is if you do it too well, people are like just take it as not satire. Oh yeah, and I mean I had no idea how how satirical it was when it when I was No, I watched know, I mean earlier. I, I've only seen RoboCop when I was like fucking 10 years old or something and I was like yeah, it would be cool if there was a RoboCop. So some <laughs> a, a substantial part of the satirical number of the satirical moments in in RoboCop are the commercials. Do you remember any of the commercials? No, not at all. Like because I was a, a little boy and I was like When's the robot cop going to go back to shooting people? So there are two products that are advertised in the first RoboCop movie that I can remember off the top of my head. I don't know if there's more. Um, but one is uh, the car, and it's called like the SUX2000 or something like that. And it is uh, noteworthy, and like the selling point of it is that it gets terrible gas mileage. Excuse me. <laughs> terrible gas I mileage. I thought you were doing a voice. <laughs> terrible gas mileage. Yeah, no, it gets like two miles to the gallon, and that's the selling point. It's just that, it's a, that, yeah. it, that it sucks. Uh, and then the other thing that there's commercial for is called Sunblock 4000. And it is yep. a sunblock. <laughs> God, if that's, you, that, uh, both of those jokes are so fucking prescient. Yeah. Because like now, like people, there are, I mean, it's not a, there's a sizable minority of this country that would buy a car based on it getting bad gas mileage. Yeah, because to it own would, the lips. Because it would own, the. it would theoretically own people like you and me, even yeah. though I would just be like, What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's a little bit of uh, Gabriel Damon's uh, IMDb. Uh, we find Riker drinking away his problems. Yes, I, I have. Well, I think we had the same thought yeah. about this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Riker fucked this kid's yeah, mom. <laughs> yeah. Riker definitely fucked this kid's mom. So Data comes in and asks how he's doing and how well he knew her, and Riker's like. We spent some time together. <laughs> we spent some time together, but I didn't know her that well. That's there's only one scenario where I would say that about yeah. a woman. Yeah. That's the yeah. That's the thing. If I didn't know somebody, I would say, yeah, I mean I've met her or we worked together. Yeah, I worked with her. She was always nice at work. Yeah. We spent some time together, but I didn't know her very well. Mean means I fucked her. Uh-huh. Like that's what that means. Yep. Um and once again that scene further establishes that Dana does in fact have feelings. Yes, of course he does. Like he doesn't understand them because he's a child. I don't understand my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say you do, you're a fucking asshole and a liar. <laughs> no, but I'm going to make a data shirt that says I don't understand my feelings now. <laughs> Just a picture of me and data makeup. <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, that'd be too hard. I'm just going to use a picture of data. <laughs> yeah, I would hate to. Just all caps. <laughs> I don't understand my feelings for the picture of data. And you can get that on our Tee Public store. Um, yeah, so Worf wants to cling on, adopt the kid. Um, and uh, again, I can't, I kept writing this down, but like everybody's motivations, where everybody's coming from is very good, both in terms of like the writing relevant to yeah, just no, the episode and so, you, and you, so we get this other scene between Wes and, uh, and Beverly where, uh, there he's having a hard time dealing with how this situation is making him feel about his own dad's death. And then Beverly is like all fucking brave facing it. And you're like, Oh, holy shit. No wonder he can't fucking process his feelings. Yeah. She has him. Yeah. His, his, yeah. She clearly his emotional, hasn't. his, his yeah. mother's being like Irish Catholic about it and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're just saying like she has red hair. Racist. I mean, her last canceled. Name, her last name's McFadden. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> She's, She's definitely Irish. No, I. Um, anyway. And then, yeah, that's where I blacked out. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of notes on this one because it just it introduces a plot element that you just. The only reason you would need this plot element is because you're too fucking incompetent to actually write an episode dealing with death. Which yeah, because which they are yeah, so. they clearly are because they they could have written you know had the same resolution and written out an entire scene of or an entire series of scenes of the, them actually working through their emotions and this kid coming to deal with and understand and appreciate uh, the you know the contributions that Wes and Worf and the captain are, are able to give him and to help him work through this and all of that shit, and they just did none of it. Yeah. They just took a big steamer right in the, like, the second and yeah. the first half of the third act, and then, oh, no, the alien doesn't, the kid doesn't want the alien here. Okay, the alien's gone. And then the alien's just like, all right, I'll fuck off. Yeah. After, like, it's, pretty aggressively pushing its agenda yeah um, yeah as soon as soon as it's like okay i guess you'll take care of the kid which was never in doubt they were always trying to take care of the kid yeah it, it's uh god what a bad episode what yeah. an almost good episode that they just yeah real bummer tripped over their own dick again fell down pooped their pants their pants fell down they've they revealed got poop, their tiny yeah. dick covered in poop. Yeah. I don't know how they tripped over such a tiny dick. Well, that's what makes it even the more <laughs> even more embarrassing, honestly. Um Yeah, but if you take out that part, if you just watch the first like uh twenty minutes and then the last five minutes, yeah. It's not bad. I did make one note. It's it's a it's very much a like ambitious thing that they shouldn't yeah. have tried to do <laughs> this is what yeah they if they were if they were not competent to do the thing i mean that they also were trying like, to do i don't know like we do this show in an era where the sopranos started more than 20 years ago yeah and i don't think anybody well i say that but like mash did episodes where they dealt with death and and loss and and grieving and that's the only show i can think of off the top of my head but there's probably others but like i still don't think people like really realize that like oh tv shows can be good yeah and Um, even at the time of mash uh like when hawkeye was going through like his intense like psychological breakdown period during the last whatever one or two seasons i mean they had a lot they had other the the very emotional serious finale of mash is fucking horrifying yeah um um wait you're talking about the Chicken baby thing? Yeah. That's not the season finale. Oh, isn't it? Or that's not no. the series finale. And I 
it may or may not be the season finale for anyway, that. Wait, wait, wait. But yeah, that's not the it's definitely not the series finale because he goes back to the hospital. Anyway, um yeah, that the, like it's really intense and it um you could say it's over the top. Uh, yeah, I mean I I I don't know. I just remember episodes of that show where it's like I don't I I guess I just like MASH. Now that MASH I think is about fucking it. MASH good. Is watch, very good. Watch MASH. Everybody check Listen. out MASH. This new show. <laughs> Um, um, but 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 Mash is like a sitcom, but then they'd have episodes that just weren't funny at all, yeah. and like really tried to tackle this stuff, and did a. At no point did they just introduce an energy being for no reason. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean they did also have a guy who was trying to get out of the army by dressing in drag. So not the wokest. <laughs> well, the product of his time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, he also, I mean, I think everybody kind of focuses on that part of Corporal Klinger, but like, I remember an episode of that show where he was like, I'm eating a Jeep. And they're like, excuse me. And he's like, yeah, I'm just taking this Jeep apart and I'm eating every part of it. Yeah. <laughs> like he was trying to get out. He was just trying to get a, a crazy yeah, yeah, guy yeah. out. Yeah. He was just trying. To, which was, dressing in drag would get you out. At the time. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Or now probably. I don't know if. no. I think just being out of uniform. Oh, maybe it would be the problem. But anyway, uh, yeah, um, good show, absolutely good show. When we're I, done with this in fucking five years, we should just watch Mash and do a <laughs> podcast about Mash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and we got to have something to talk about, listeners. Uh, <laughs> if you want us to watch Mash, we can just start doing Mash for bonus content whenever we have time to do bonus content. Um, um, so you wrote something down during the uh, candle bonding scene, and I I wrote down a theory of what you were writing down. So I would like to know <laughs> what you were. No, writing I want to know your theory first. It was that uh, you were writing a note that the candles look like dicks. No, not oh, at all. Damn it! Um, I wrote down. No one's ever going to be able to fuck with this kid again. <laughs> like <laughs> he's true. at the he's at the school cafeteria on the spaceship, and somebody's like fucking bullying him, and he's like, "Do you want me to tell my brother about this?" They're <laughs> like, "You don't have a brother," and he's like, "Well, not biologically, <laughs> but you don't." You don't want him to be involved in this situation. Let me put just, it that way. Yeah, just, just like a standard schoolyard <laughs> confrontation situation. It's like the my bodyguard situation. <laughs> except, except instead of Daniel Baldwin, it's fucking Michael Dorn. <laughs> or Stephen Baldwin, whichever Baldwin. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's, I like it. Yeah. That's, yeah, I just like That's what, the note I like ending this on. Just <laughs> him being like, now, my brother's a Klingon, like, warrior, and they're like, fucking bullshit, give me your lunch money. <laughs> and then the next day, just Worf is like, did you take his lunch money? <laughs> I would like to talk to you about lunch money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then there's there's a whole other episode where the captain has to, like, get <laughs> Worf to stop intervening in this kid's <laughs> Get Worf conflicts. to stop beating up children on <laughs> shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Very fun to think about. Um also the energy being like recreates his childhood living room. And they're like very prominently in the background there's just a banner with a Viking helmet on it. Yeah. And I have to think that's like for a sports team that they favor. 
Because that's the only way that makes sense. Unless... She, no, she's an anthropologist. I was going to say they're white supremacists. But oh, <laughs> I like mine better. Mm. I mean, I do too, but... <laughs> okay. Are you, she's not an anthropologist. She's an archaeologist. Or that's what I meant. Archaeologist. That's still, that's still relevant. Uh, sure. So, bad news about next week's episode. Oh, no. Is it going to be bad? Um... Oh, hang on. No, I'm wrong. Not the same writer. Good. Different writers. Maybe next week will be better. Uh, (laughs) Good news. (laughs) In July, yeah. Good news about next week's episode is uh, I think you're going to like the title. Oh, boy. Next week's episode is called Booby Trap. Ooh. I like some of those things. All right, listeners, you can follow us on Twitter.com at ShipFacts, at Leo Like Neil, and at Two Is Jack Gun, uh, and Instagram, Star Trek Sucks. And uh, if I remembered to put a link in this episode description, you can click on it and get a t shirt and uh, get at us because we want to know who you are and why you're listening. Not in a bad way. No, I would just love some engagement. Uh, yeah, we just want to talk at you. Very especially, lo- very lonely. <laughs> once again, if you are from St. Louis, please. That's just got to be somebody using a VPN. Or wait, is it St. Louis or Kansas City? I think no, it's Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City. If you're from Kansas City or St. Louis, if you're anywhere, if, you, if you're anybody listening to this and we don't know you personally, please get at us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Had you only out. Convince a beloved friend that there is value in the things that you value? Would you search through space and time to find the perfect words to convey your convictions? When every word counts, rise and proclaim your opinions to be the light of the galaxy!